We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Before we get started on today's episode, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, and a new member of the Patreon. Shouts to my guy, Mike Wozniak, thank you for your contributions on a monthly basis from you guys. But we also have a couple of new patrons as well. Got to give them a shout out. Shouts to my guy, Josh. Shouts to Tony Van Loon. Shouts to Stefan Dale Ortiz. And shouts to Dilly, man. My guy, Dylan Clark. Damn, I dropped the government on you. Young Call of Duty, young Twitch gang. You know what I'm saying? So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. With Brandon Kelly from Always Cheating, we break down the good, the bad, and ugly of one Diego Maradona who passed away about a week and change ago, I would say, right around Thanksgiving. It's a fascinating conversation that we have about the legend, both good and bad legend, right? You can't talk about the good with Maradona without some of the bad, and from addiction to the great play on the field. This will really hit home to me, folks, because this was a guy who my pops... Is his favorite athlete of all time. So we kind of talk about Maradona on this one. And if you guys haven't, man, we make reference to this one throughout the episode. Check out Diego on HBO if you guys have. This isn't a paid ad. This is just some dope shit. I've watched that documentary twice since his passing. And I watched it last year. And it's just fascinating, man. The, the aura of Maradona is one that can't be ignored. But 
listen this is a this is a good conversation that we have check out the patreon we got some six packs the brandon kelly six pack is going to be on there as well we got every guest so far has done a six pack as well so you can go back and listen to some of those and access to the discord and all that fun shit so sit back relax and congrats we'll catch you next time Joining me now, my guy, Borough Neighbor now, but due to COVID restrictions, we'll uh, definitely get him in the studio one day. A returning guest, Brandon Kelly from Always Cheating. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good, Nick, all things considered. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Big fan. Dude, um, my pleasure. Always, anytime. Uh, shout out to Josh, too, um, your, your, your co-host. Uh, I couldn't think of. I hope your watchers don't mind. In honor of this show about what we're about to talk about, I'm, I've got my man Diego on my beer glass here. So, oh, dude, tremendous! I actually have a Maradona Argentina jersey. Um, the the Lecoq one, I think it was. Okay. Like v- super vintage, dude. But it also fit me when I was 13 years old. So. Let's just say we put on like a lot of pounds since then, so it will fit. Yep, yep. Me, you and me both, man. But uh, dude, I had to get someone on. Um, I want to talk about Maradona. You know, he passed away last week, sixty years old. And we were talking about this before we started recording, Brandon. A lot of good, a lot of great, but also a lot of bad and ugly, man. A very iconic name, uh, player, career. Uh, what were uh, initially you get the you get the update how did how did how did it hit you well uh, i was sat at the kitchen table uh eating a late breakfast and listening to npr because i live in brooklyn and that's what you do you listen to public radio Uh, i don't know what you do up there in queens and i heard the news cut in and they said diego maradona and before they even said another word i knew because most news updates these days have to do with, with, with sad, sad deaths, but also why would he be on national public radio? So when I heard it, I was actually, actually surprised. The last time I actually got hit like this with the news of somebody dying was when I heard that Anthony Bourdain had passed. And I didn't expect this news of Diego Maradona passing to hit me like it did. And it caused me like so many other people to immediately just jump on YouTube and devour as many clips of this dude playing football as possible. And there are many and they're all fantastic. I was driving home from work in the city and my dad FaceTimes me. Okay. So little backstory. My dad is a 54 year old off the boat Greek dude. Uh, I didn't even know that he knew FaceTime. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, what happened? And he goes, yo, Maradona died. And I was like, damn, I got devastated for him. And he started crying, dude. 
My dad uh, in 1986 was time of your dad's uh, sports watching life, right? Yeah, my dad was 19. Uh, no, he had just turned 20 during the 86 World Cup. That August, he was leaving to come to the States. And I have heard stories about Maradona like, oh, we're going to get through them in this episode. But he's telling me this and he's like, he's choked up and, and teary died. He's like, man, you have no idea. He's like, Nick, you have no idea. Like, this is my favorite athlete ever and he was just devastated dude yeah yeah it's it's really hard and i think that it's it's a generational thing that i think us sports us sports fans like a generation behind your dad would understand especially with who we have now if you were to to compare maradona to anyone playing presently it'd be Lionel messi and then you've got cristiano ronaldo on the other side and you look at Messi and Ronaldo, they are incredible players, but there is something a little more industrious about them. And it's all driven a lot by data and stats. And Maradona's generation, it was not really like that. It was a little bit more about the passion and the artistry. And the death of Maradona feels like, well, now all we have left is 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 moving in that in that other general direction so you do wonder if the the torch is like officially passed now you know i had this discussion with uh, a buddy of mine my, my buddy tommy and he mentioned messi and cristiano how do you feel about this take i found it really interesting and i tend to agree with him that man back then dude how many like super global stars were there in soccer like he was the guy who, this is in the 80s, where soccer has yet to hit the states like it has now. FIFA isn't around. FIFA is the number one sports game in the world. Uh, I have a lot of friends that play FIFA, and they don't even watch the World Cup, which everyone watches the World Cup, right? Like, But they just love FIFA. So you're going back to the, the 1980s and then his run in 86 and all the stuff that he's doing. Like, Brandon, how many, was there another guy like him from a, a, a global star power like him just Pele basically and Pele was kind of off the board by the time Maradona is is playing professionally so no I mean if if you look at the the peak of Maradona yeah is the 86 World Cup but it's also his time at Napoli in Italy and a lot of people say it was so incredible what Maradona did at Napoli because he was in a league at that time that basically had one or two really good players on every team in Syria. I'm not a big enough Syria fan to recount all those names, but I think if you say put Maradona in Syria in Italy at that time, you say Maradona's got some competition, but globally, no, you talk about how soccer travels around the world around that time. I think that's why, the Maradona story is so interesting. And we were comparing him to Michael Jordan earlier. It's this, like, you take a sport that has a baseline of interest and then one player that just rises above everything. And now that's the only player that is of interest to anyone in the world. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a point. Also, obviously, no social media back then. So, like, even, you know, like, uh, like 
Rashford uh, Rashford has like a huge following, right? Like, and he's nowhere near the le- the level of stardom that Maradona ever was, but he's like a household name too. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, it, it's and you you root for Maradona. Well, I don't know. It's it's really complicated how you would compare him to stars today. Um, just because I think the the club game has changed a little bit in the marketing, as you say. Uh, but uh, the the thing, the tie that I think really um, that I find between Maradona and present day is I'm a huge Premier League fan. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Premier League fan this season, all you've been talking about is VAR, video assisted refereeing. And people are terrified that all of these instant replays and game deciding calls that are being decided by referees in a, in a video booth somewhere are kind of ruining the, the spirit of the game and the excitement of the game. And that, that kind of rigor that's applied to the watching of the fan experience sucks. And if, then if you flash back to World Cup 86, Hand of God, one of the greatest law-breaking plays in sports of all time. Also a sell job of the century, right? Just like immediately celebrating. Totally right. He tells all Maradona scores a goal with his hand in the World Cup quarterfinal. He knows he did it. He tells all of his teammates, follow me to the corner flag. And we're celebrating like that was the most legit goal because I definitely know I broke the rules there. He knew what he was doing. That goal doesn't happen if there is VAR, if there is this instant replay stuff going on. And when I'm talking with fans online in the last week or so about Maradona's passing, there are so many England fans who still hate his guts. They're like, good riddance. He's a cheat. He's a drug addict. He was no good for the sport. No one likes cheaters. But but we're still talking about Maradona. That that play, the hand of God, was such an iconic, legendary moment. And thank God that we have it because it it's magic. Even it's it's like it's like how do you hold these two ideas in your head at the same time? Maradona was an incredibly gifted athlete, but he was also incredibly flawed. How do you hold the idea in your head that? the hand of God was illegal. It was cheap, but also one of the greatest moments that your father probably experienced when he was watching sports and that we still talk about today. So like that sort of enigma is amazing to me and I love it. And I just, I I think that's why, why we're talking about Maradona right now. There's a lot of things that you said there and and to digest and uh, with the VAR, it's as if if you're a fan and your team scores a goal and you might think it's offsides, but they haven't ruled it yet. It's like you have a double celebration. First, you celebrate and you're like, oh, my God, we just scored. And then you're like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Or no. Like you start bugging out that way. Right. And uh, so you do have those iconic moments where there's like a little bit of a hesitation. And it sucks because it takes away the because you can't double celebrate like the 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 impact of you know the 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 Landon Donovan goal for me Brandon uh I'll never forget it there's like 15 of my buddies in my uh old uh apartment in Queens I have a broken foot playing soccer pickup soccer I broke my foot uh I'm about 2 weeks away from taking the cast off 
Donovan scores that goal against Algeria. I've lost my mind. I'm like nine beers in. I'm jumping up and down. I'm jumping up and down. My mom's like, you're going to hurt yourself even more. I was like, I don't give a fuck. It's, I'm, I was like, I'm on ecstasy. I've never done ecstasy. I was like, I'm on, this is crazy, right? So it's like, imagine if you had VAR there and then you have to wait and hesitate. Then there's uh, the, the cool down period and the speculation and the concern of whatnot. I think the hand of God is between that and, I mean, fuck, the goal after is probably. Yeah, called the goal of the century by most. Yeah, and that happened within five minutes of each other, maybe less. Yeah, yeah. And that that situation there, dude, probably is the perfect example of who Maradona was, both at both as a soccer player and as a person. Yeah, totally. And just if you could if you could clear the lane for me, Nick, I want to respond to any England fans watching right now. If you think the hand of goal, hand of God was unjust, look at how England was fouling the crap out of Maradona that entire game. Defenders all over the world for years were like, I can't play against this guy. His center of gravity, his balance, he could ride every challenge. You couldn't, you couldn't take Maradona out of the game unless you literally took him out at the legs. He's dealing with all this crap from England the entire match. He's doing, dealing with this from every team the entire tournament. So in a way, there's a little bit of justice there. There's a little bit of the universe sort of balancing itself out. And yeah, if you want to rush, if you want that ecstasy rush you're talking about, that's the goal that you want to listen to the, uh, the Argentinian commentary on, that goal after the hand of God. This commentator, he, he, he moves to a higher plane of existence when he's, when he's calling Maradona as he runs from beyond midfield all the way down past four or five England defenders slots the, the ball right into the goal and boom, like it's just like an explosion of light and that that's it that that that's awesome and yeah that's 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 the enigma i got chills right now dude because he completely forgot to do his job there and i loved it like that announcer was like i'm argentinian first i don't give a fuck who cares i can't control this emotion right like dude imagine you're calling you're you're a commentator for your favorite team Uh, and this doesn't even need to be soccer this is just like across the board it's game seven your team's on the road in the NBA Finals or in the World Series. Guy hits a home run, bottom of the ninth. Guy hits a game-winning three. It's like, yeah, you know what? Professionalism is going to take a pause for a second. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, I think that's why Major League Baseball is awesome in the MLB app, which gives you access to like all the radio calls, like the, the regional radio calls. So you can actually get the announcers that are, that are always calling that, that home team. Cause I, those are the calls I want. I don't want uh, what's who's who's the guy um, who always calls the World Series. Who everyone gives a Joe Buck. Yeah, Joe Buck. You don't want the Joe Buck call. I mean, no shots at Joe Buck. I've got no quarrel with him, but I want the fan experience. Exactly, dude. Let's uh, let's start talking a little bit about the '86 World Cup because I think the one thing about Maradona and why a guy like Messi can never live up to his his level. I, I think there's Messi is 
might be the most accomplished uh, club soccer player ever between him and Ronaldo. And I think, actually, let me ask you this. Where do you, where do you side on the Ronaldo-Messi debate? I know this is one that could be its own episode, but just, I guess, in like 30 seconds or less. I know I'm putting you on the spot here because it's a lot to break down. Where, where are you on that side? I'm a messy guy. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I just, I'm more of an emotional person, and I connect more emotionally with Messi. I mean, uh, with certain caveats, as I was suggesting when I was comparing Maradona and Messi, Ronaldo's just a little too robotic. I totally respect, you know, his his ability and what he's done. But yeah, I, th- I think um, it's really hard out there to be from Argentina, to be Lionel Messi, to have won multiple Champions Leagues, something that Maradona never did, and still have your country view you not as view you as as to be slightly inferior because you never won the world cup and when they lost in the finals uh with two world cups to go you could just see it written on messi's face he's like i got this close and i'm not going to win that world cup and it's gonna haunt him forever yeah i think uh i'm with you that i've always been a messy guy uh he just did it more for me he was a guy who um, I just liked him more from like Ronaldo also comes off a little arrogant and a little more like sh- showboaty and it's cool. Like some people are into that. Um, Messi, I think also like he didn't, he didn't play in Argentina, right? Like he didn't go through, what was he seven, eight years old? He went to Barcelona. So there's always, I have a friend of mine who is from Argentina and he says there, there's a big part of there's a big contingent of Argentinians who feel as if he's not really Argentinian because he didn't play on River Plate. He didn't play on Boca Juniors like Maradona did. It's like this guy went overseas immediately and he's had all the success. For me, the tiebreaker is international success. As you know, there's always a little bit more Ronaldo winning the Euro Cup. Granted, he didn't play in the final against France there. He got you know, subbed out or he he got injured. Yeah. His agent got him on the phone and he's like, you need to be as animated as possible injured on the sidelines during the last 15 minutes of this match to make sure people associate you with this trophy. So uh, he got the brief. Yeah. You know what? Now that I think of it, some of those uh, camera shots of him on the sideline. Yeah. I could definitely see how that might be something, but But you're right. That was, that's part of Maradona's brand is he, it was, it was known that he grew up dirt poor in a shanty town in Argentina and he started his career there. He ended his career there. And um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so closely tied to Argentina despite playing all of his, I mean, you kind of had to, well, they're going to pay you more money to play in Europe. So Maradona ultimately had to go there and he was so talented that those clubs were going to get him there. Uh, but he never lost that thread, that that connection between him and Argentina. The 86 World Cup, I think, is probably the most dominant one-player tournament a guy has had in World Cup history. Um, like, it's the Maradona World Cup. Like, I know guys have gone on runs, but not like that, man. Like, he literally was carrying that team and... That's why I think that game against England is so beautiful to describe Maradona, especially that that second goal. Like that second goal, man, is I think if you're a sports fan and you haven't seen it, 
that's it's shame on you like go stop this stop this pod right now please go to youtube i'm gonna I'm have this video in the link of the podcast that's how important this this goal is and i think with the 86 world cup that made him immortal mm-hmm. yeah and that that becomes a problem right so the that world cup makes him immortal on top of the fact that he's doing bits in naples in italy and the community at Naples, when he wins them their first league title in 86, 87, that entire city where he lives and spends most of his time elevates him to God. So his home country thinks he's literally a God, as does the city of Naples. I, I don't know what that does to you psychically you know, going back to that Michael Jordan comparison and you're watching the uh, Last Dance documentary and you're looking, I mean, it was great to get that insight from Jordan straight straight from him, but you look at him and he just, he looks like he's broke a broken dude. Um, all that success ultimately cost him a little piece of his, his soul. And so I think after the World Cup and after he wins that title with Napoli, he loses a little piece of his soul, and then the story begins of his his downfall and his drug addiction, and what a lot of people associate with him now in 2020. What him going to Napoli and winning the league, and then they won the UEFA Cup. Yeah, they did, which is I guess colloquially known as the Europa League these days. Right, but at the time, I think from what my dad told me, there was no Champions League yet, so that was really a big that was a big deal too it's not what the europa cup is now it's kind of like it's like the nit to to the ncaa tournament being the champions league is if yeah particularly if you're if you're in europe at that time it's it's a huge deal so it's basically yeah he goes to napoli so i think the messy comparison wouldn't be complete with all without also noting the club that originally bought uh maradona from argentina was barcelona barcelona yeah and Maradona becomes one of the first players to ever play in a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, when Real Madrid and Barcelona play? Oh, Clasico. Clasico, right. Yeah. Um, for both supporters in the stands to applaud a goal that he scores. So Real Madrid fans watch Maradona score a goal so good that even they have to applaud. But after a year... His, he's, he started so many brawls. He starts this huge brawl against Atletico Bilbao, I think it is, where like 60 people are involved and get hurt. And Barcelona's like, we, we just can't have this chaos in our club. So he goes from being on one of the biggest clubs in Europe for a record fee, playing well, to being like, we can't have him. And they sell him off to Napoli, which is kind of a down-and-out club in the top league in Italy. And he does the exact same thing there as what he did in the 86 World Cup, right? Like he takes that Argentina team on his back in the World Cup and he does the same thing at Napoli, uh, which it's, it's, it's kind of like his MO now. Like he, is, he becomes the whole team whenever he, he goes to that club, plays for that country. Dude, I've been struggling with finding a comparison to what you could equate him going to Napoli and winning the division, the the league, and then winning the Europa Cup. Let's just call it the Europa Cup for now, just so it's easier for us to remember. What what 
Can you think of what that would be equal to in the NFL, the NBA? Like, is it the the one that... Who's the dude at the Toronto Raptors who's now at the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's kind of like Kawhi Leonard. Oh my stuck, God, that's brilliant. Stuck, stuck in this contract in Toronto. He's like, I, I guess we'll win the title. Man, that's such a good one. That's a that that I think that's the one. That's the one, right? Like Toronto was actually it, that's the best comparison. But even so, like Toronto was a competitive team. They were a competitive franchise. They were a respected franchise where where Napoli was bottom feeders. They kind of were just staying afloat. And then he goes there, and they become the talk of the league, the talk of the world. So yeah, dude, that's a fucking fantastic one i like that one i'm gonna start stealing that but i'll pay some homage i think if if everyone out there watching if you have an hbo subscription go watch the diego maradona documentary it's directed by this guy asif kapadia and he did these great documentaries on amy winehouse and um senna this formula one documentary tremendous so this maradona documentary is an incredible look at how how you tie Maradona to Argentina and Napoli. So if you want to see what it was like to be him during that period, that's what you, that's what you want to watch. And there's all this incredible footage of Maradona playing for Napoli, like camera angles, like right on pitch view. Like you feel like you're there. And I've never seen footage like this from, from professional soccer matches in the eighties. And, if you want to get an understanding and appreciation of what he did in Italy, that's it. And then the documentary then gets into uh, the mob culture that's really prevalent in Naples. So if you become this really high paid, really gifted athlete in this town, of course, the playboys and the, biz the businessmen around town are going to take an interest. They want to be seen with Maradona out and out on the town, out in the clubs. And these are people that you do not say no to, Nick. So it it becomes this this the you know the golden handcuffs or this golden prison that Maradona finds himself in in Italy, where everyone wants a piece of him, and the people who really want a piece of him are the people who want him to be up all night doing drugs with them, and to see how he could maintain this level of dominance while you know getting four or five hours of sleep being coked out of his mind uh, for most of the week and then hitting the treadmill for 24 hours. It's mind boggling. It really is. Dude, uh, benders and ragers are an understatement. This guy was, I mean, in that documentary, I've watched it twice in the last week. Uh, I had watched it when it first came out and then I watched it twice. I watched it once on my own. And then when I went back home, for the holidays my dad was like we got to watch it again and uh oh it's tremendous dude i couldn't agree with with you more i remember I, I started digging up some old tweets of mine from when they first dropped and it was it was just crazy like i had posted that goal when the documentary first dropped on my instagram and i was like yo if you haven't seen this this is just like it's it's really out of control and just watching it you're right like he he sort of that whole napoli run and so bad where it's it's the old batman quote right where it's like uh you either die a villain or die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become 
the villain and it's like yeah yeah so uh it's because he knows he knows that he is being pulled into hell basically and he after he's won the second league title for napoli he says to the ownership like i've got to go you have to sell me because i'm di- i'm gonna die here and they refuse to uh strictly um financially yeah right right they, they would be stupid to sell him um, even though they probably did understand that they were probably going to cut his life short which is now proven out um yes yeah, it's, it's it's tragic i mean maradona has to take some ownership over that like he's uh he's not totally innocent in this story but it it is really tragic it gotta be hard to talk someone out of having the fun and all that chaos when you're performing at that level right it's something i always say that man brandon i am fully aware what i'm gonna say is very shallow and it's very ridiculous but people put up with your bullshit when you're talented man like you see it all the time like Josh Gordon was getting time and time again more opportunities in the NFL. Why? Because he's a top five, ten wide receiver in the league. If he was a, a bona fide punt returner, like you know who's not going to get opportunities? Josh Gordon. So there's a there's when you're when you're when you're a talented man, like people put up with your BS. And I think if you're a guy like Maradona, man, that three four year run from like eighty six to ninety, right? Even the ninety World Cup, which. I didn't know at the time was really ridiculous how that played out. We'll get to that in a second. But that four-year run, man, like cloud nine is an understatement. So how can someone go to him and tell him, hey, man, you need to cool down? Cool down? Why? I just won the Serie A, the Scudetto, whatever they call it. I'm a World Cup champ. Like, fuck you, man. What are you telling me to chill? Like, I'm going to let me be. I'm clearly because I'm clearly performing. It's not hindering my performance right now. Yeah, long term. You're thinking long term, yeah, it's gonna destroy you. And and it did. Like, even sure, he 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 died at 60, but also like his career was done shortly after that, too. It's less, I'm not gonna tell you to stop going out and doing drugs because you're so successful. It's more these people tr- not wanting to upset the balance. I always think about this when I think about my cat. I love my cat. My cat. Cats are famously temperamental. So I never want to really disrupt my cat for fear that it could, I could suddenly tip the balance and suddenly my cat becomes an asshole or suddenly my cat <laughs> hates me and hides under the bed all day. I've got a lovely, socialized, nice cat. So I'm not going to do anything to upset that balance. And you look at Maradona, you're like, well, you know, this is working. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and poke him to go this way or that way so long as it's working everyone just do what they're doing indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to comscore indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring and now indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you can 73 percent of online job seekers in the u.s are visiting indeed each month 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply if you go right now to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. And while we are here, football is back in full swing. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take full advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. It's funny, I have a customer of mine who is a CEO at a Fortune 500 company. Uh, he's from, he's Brazilian. Comes to my job, and one of his uh, employees is this dude from. Um, He's, he's born and raised in the States, Brandon, but he's like from Pakistan, right? And this dude, man, shows up, the, the, the kid from Pakistan, his name was Tommy. He would show up to work plastered, hammered. I'm talking about like seven in the morning. Just smell the Jameson, smell the Jack Daniels. And his, just, ne- yeah, oh, there were so many days I'd see him in the same, same work gear. And I was young. I was maybe like 17 at the time, 18 at the time. And his boss comes, he sees his boss, says hello to him and whatnot. And his boss is just looking at him as he takes his order and he goes up the stairs. And I go, sir, are you aware of like, you know, I was a snitch, man. I snitched on him, you know, my bad. I was a young buck. I didn't know. I didn't know. I I admit my flaws. (laughs) And he's like, uh, I go to him, sir, are you aware that he's kind of just like always intoxicated and whatnot? He's like, Nick, I know. But this guy is so good, man. It's he's like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's his steroids, but this guy is the best guy I have. He's like it makes no sense. So you just squeeze the best juice out of him possible, and when it's when it's over, it's over. Yeah, pretty much, right? the The nineteen ninety World Cup is in Italy, and one thing that that documentary spotlights, which. Dude, I say this, I say this shit all the time about sports, man. There are people in Hollywood and there's a kid out there that's trying to like write a script for some new Netflix show. And it's like people pitch millions of ideas for millions of dollars. And it's like sports on a weekly basis, nightly basis. Give us the best storytelling and Hollywood endings you can ever see and shit that you only see in the movies, right? For those that don't know, the 1990 World Cup is in Italy. Argentina is a defending champion. Just so happens the way the bracket aligns, the way the matchups align, that Italy plays in the semifinal against Argentina. Are you guys catching on? Guess where they play this game? In Naples. Was that a flaw by FIFA for putting that together? There's a, there's a thing they call hot balls, you know, at the, uh, at like the drawing for the, the team brackets. They've got that little lottery thing. They spin around and there are little ping pong balls in there. Yeah, and they say uh, if it's if it's rigged, if it's fixed, there's some hot balls in there. There was a that was a very hot bally tournament. I mean, it had to have been right because then you get so then that game is played where Argentina is basically the home team in Italy. Yeah, 
and that was that's such a fascinating dynamic man and you really see to use the wrestling term you really see the heel turn you see the heel turn you see maradona and he's just cursing them out when they're doing the anthem and they're booing argentina and even the ba- like even before that right they're, they're playing and maradona famously comes out and it's it was my favorite part of the documentary brandon like i was really the first time I watched it, man, I the first time it came out last year, I went back and I rewatched it immediately after just that part because I couldn't. I, it was so Hollywood to me that this is how it played out. Maradona goes out in, the, in a press conference or at one of the after the practices and he goes. I want everyone from Naples. I just gave you six years here, right? Six or seven years it was around there right 84 is when he got that yeah so six years i just gave you six years you were a dumpster fire before i got there you were called all sorts of names and derogatory terms because you were like an outcast in italy pretty much yeah you should be rooting for me and my people and you saw some fans like no we're gonna root for italy because we're italians and then you saw others are like no we're with this guy this is our guy right here and there was a divide between the people of Italy and Naples again, right? Again, there's always that divide there. And he just comes out and he goes, they should be rooting for me for the six years that I gave them. And I took them to heights that they never seen. And that caused chaos in the media and, and in the stands. It's interesting. And part of Maradona's legacy is that he's... Uh, I mean, a very minor part is he was very politically left. He's basically kind of a socialist in a way. He had a tattoo of Che Guevara on his arm and, uh, and uh, Fidel Castro, a tattoo of him on his leg. It's this, this thinking of I'm with, I'm always going to be with my people, whoever you are. And growing up poor in Argentina, if he sees that same struggle in he's going to treat them the same he's going to assume they are also his people and then you get into this atmosphere of sports and the world cup where it's about as partisan as it gets i'm either rooting for this flag or that flag it it's interesting that it doesn't fully compute for him and he's willing to try and stick his neck out there and say no but don't you see we're kind of we're the same it was so crazy how they end up winning that game and uh, they're booing him throughout. Some are cheering. And the ones that are booing, I feel like they want to be cheering. But because of who they're around, it's... it Right, right. And then, you know, it sort of... The, the heel term reference, the heel turn reference is because that's when shit really starts to go bad for him in Italy. Because again... You live long enough to see yourself become the villain because then the the feds protected him, the the mafia protected him, the team protected him. And then it's like, all right, well, you're going to cause a, a national uproar. And also, you've already said that you want out. Your play is starting to decline a little bit because of all the drugs that you're going through. And now it's like, Again, going back to your analogy before, you you got all the juice out of that, right? And it's like now it's, well, yeah, you know what? He does call for call girls, which is code for him wanting cocaine. And we're going to get him on drug charges and, you know, tax evasion and all this other crazy shit. 
Well, that was a sad ending, no? Well, yeah, it is a sad ending. I mean, it's just everything about it is sad because it's so transactional. It's like, okay, we need you to do this thing. We need you to do this job and do it really well. And we want to reap all the benefits from it. And it's kind of up to Maradona to reap his own benefits, whether basically his only way to reap any benefits is to negotiate a a contract and get more money. But beyond that, his, his life kind of sucks. (laughs) I mean, um, beyond getting to like, if partying is, is your thing, but that, that, that'll kill you as we've seen. So yeah, it, it really is a sad ending. Um, I mean, it's a sad ending of that chapter. At least you can at least say the happy ending, if we want to then flash forward to a week or so ago, is that he actually did die in Argentina. Um, I think it would be an interesting story if he dies in Italy and, and sort of what that symbolizes. But I think you can at least... I, I think you can at least looking at his entire life say his peak was in Italy um, and at these World Cups that we're talking about. Uh, but that's just a piece of his life and his career. It's not the beginning and the end. Yeah, it's weird because his the most success that he ever had as a soccer player was when he was a member of Napoli. So it's like that's why it's so synonymous with him there. The, the 94 World Cup is in the United States. Um, it's his last run with the Argentina team. And like I mentioned before, my dad is, is Greek. Him and his buddies in 1994. My dad went to like 12 of those games, dude. Like he went to a bunch, man. He went to a bunch. And he went to Foxborough for Greece, Argentina. They had said my dad's favorite team ever is Argentina. Like, we root for Argentina. Um, we've lost a lot of money on Argentina betting them to win the World Cup since, like, Messi has been there. Uh, so so <laughs> 2014 was devastating for the boy as well. Right, right. <laughs> it's and it, it's it's weird, right? Like, that dynamic between my father and I, I root for France the way he did for Argentina. My favorite soccer player of all time is Thierry Henry. Uh, 1998. Who scored a, a, a famous handball goal? Yeah, the Irish are definitely yelling crazy right now if they're listening to this one. But that that's how I was able to to understand. Like my dad would tell me, I would say, "Pop, we're not we're not we're not Hispanic at all. We're not Spanish. We have no ties to Argentina." He's like, "Eventually, you'll get it. Like you become a fan of the player, and then in return, you're also rooting for the team." So he liked Argentina like that. Uh, he drove to to Boston, and his last goal ever, Brandon, with Argentina is against Greece. And my cool, your your dad saw it. Yeah, my dad saw it, and he says it's it's probably the best sports moment of his life. And it's crazy because that's the last time that he scored for Argentina. Then shortly after, that's you know they get bounced out of the World Cup, and. It's well, he sent home for drug charges after like two games, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, against uh, I believe it was Nigeria, because Nigeria, Greece, and Argentina have been in 
the group stages together twice, which is weird. I guess that's how like the, the regions go by, but oh, that's something... like the US and Ghana. The USA <laughs> is always in the group with Ghana. Yeah, yeah. The arch nemesis Ghana, like so random. It's just like, yeah, we hate Ghana now. We're like, what the hell? Why do we hate Ghana for? But yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it, it's crazy, right? Because like going back to the France thing, like now there's a part of me that I always root and watch France. Like if if the United States isn't in it or Greece isn't in it. Which, I mean, Greece blows, so they're not going to be in anytime soon. But it's just like, France is my squad. Like, I still root for them because of Henri. And I was a big Arsenal fan. Like, that's why I'm still an Arsenal fan. So I started to understand the fandom aspect of that. You know, my dad would tell me stories of, you know, he uh, he would go to bars in New York City, like Argentinian bars, by himself. Just like not know. And my dad's a very social dude. And like, he's like... He's he's like a chameleon. He, uh, he can blend in with anyone, right? Like, that's his personality. So he would go there, and he started making, like, friends. Like, this one guy that he knows now is because he went and met him at this bar, you know? Like, so it, that really resonated with me, just the aura of Maradona and just that kind of athlete, right, that makes you a fan of, dude, you're rooting for an entire different country. Like, my dad was rooting for Maradona over Greece. Like, I know Greece wasn't... A world cup favorite probably things would have been different if that was the case but my dad was like i'm sitting with like 150 greeks in this section and i'm losing my mind when maradona scores the goal and they're all looking at him like tony are you all right man like what's going on right now well i'm a michigan native nick and i was you know i grew up with pistons fans and when i was you know, when Jordan started coming onto the scene, that's when the Pistons got really good. The bad boys, they go back to back. During that entire time, I'm like, fuck the Pistons. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Jordan is my guy. And uh, so I, I identify with your dad in that respect of like, you find, I mean, and it's easy to find, you know, to to latch yourself onto those, those athletes who are, who are just one of a kind, but it is it is so fun when you when you discover that athlete and you discover them early on in their career and you know they're going to take me for a ride and this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun you read some of these reports of the way people feel about maradona and even amongst his peers it seems like the consensus is that he's the guy Right. There's a quote from pa, uh, Maldini, the famous Italian defender, and he described Maradona as the greatest player he's ever faced and also the most honest. Right. Like. Which he said he had the best behavior of any athlete he's seen on the field, which going back to what you mentioned before, English fans are probably like, what the fuck is Maldini talking about right now? Right. So it's 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 such a fascinating career, man, that he had because of those those moments of bad and the cheating, but also like he played the game the right way too, ironically enough. I can't remember I was listening to some pundit reflect on his career and they were talking about um watching some of the lesser watched club matches for Maradona in Italy and what they recognized was when things weren't going well. And he was surrounded by teammates who weren't anywhere near his level. But when they messed up, Maradona was always clapping 
and encouraging them. And he wanted them to succeed just as much as he wanted himself to succeed. And yeah, I mean, anyone out there who's like, he's a cheat, every single athlete out there, it can be honorable. And at one point in their career, find that they've done the wrong thing or cheated on the field. It just so happened that the one thing that Maradona did that was cheating was like at the, at the biggest stage. So yeah, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to the idea that you can have a good heart and you can be a good person and you can also be clouded in a lot of, a lot of questionable stuff. That's just kind of what it is to be human, right? He ended up getting a couple of manager gigs. He also coached the, uh, the World Cup team for Argentina as well. Um, are you a fan of iconic players like that transitioning into being coaches i know like zidane it's clearly worked for him right like he's been super successful and he's he's in that discussion for one of the greatest players of all time uh i'm not a fan of it man because when it flops dude it kind of hurts your legacy as a player too yeah yeah it's just like i that's not the way i want to think about the game i want to think about the play i want the players on the pitch to be doing their thing with their skills and their talent. And I always want to think of the manager as a bureaucrat and just somebody who was like the referee, you know, sorry, you weren't good enough to play. So you decided to coach. And that's like Jose Mourinho. That's always the, the knock on Jose Mourinho. And he lost all the respect of the players at Real Madrid when they're like, you're just a gym teacher, dude. And you can't tell me what to do. Um, but that's what I want out of my managers. I want them to be gym teachers and bureaucrats. I don't want Zidane on the sideline because I'm just like, mm, it just kind of sucks that Zidane's not playing on the field. Yeah, right. You look at it so differently. Uh, I, lo I love the thing about the gym teacher thing, but it's true, right? Like they always say that the smartest guy on the football team is usually the backup quarterback because he he has... He knows as much as the starting quarterback, but he just has more time to learn all the other things as well, right? So that's always something. On the other side, though, Nick, you can say it takes these a player to be a great manager, maybe more so today, because the talent, all the football directors and all the backroom staff has picked out the talent. Now you just need the manager to be a former player to know how to talk to these guys, particularly the young guys who need guidance uh and and maybe it's the old ex-players that know how to do that to say all right i've been in this exact position but, but yeah, it's just not very romantic maradona should have left his boots in the center circle and only have been seen afterward in like a spectator's box never as a manager as we wrap up here brandon i gotta ask you we need to we can't tell the maradona story without his uh personal life uh, being mentioned as well. Um, another thing that the documentary did a great job talking about is that he he kind of was uh, he was a, a stick man, you know, like he was out there dabbling with the women, and he had a child with a woman who I believe until 2016 he denied, and then the kid is 30, and at the end of the documentary they meet up, and that's like the first embrace. So. There is a lot of baggage that comes with Maradona as well. How how much of that? Or first of all, let me ask you this one: Do you do you find it hard to separate 
man, I really like this guy as an artist and his craft. He's kind of a shitty person. Like, I would never want my daughter to date him. <laughs> I mean, am I going to stop listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller? Am I going to not watch another Tom Cruise movie? No, that's crazy. Um, it's, it's complicated to be a person with a, with a brain because you have, to, you have to deal with this cognitive dissonance. And it's okay to like someone and be, well, it's okay to admire and be critical of somebody at the same time. So I guess like it, it's, it's a hedge here, Nick, but I think it's okay to be like, yeah, they suck. Um, but you also have to really respect, the only reason we're having this discussion is because of sports. So if we're talking about sports, yeah. Diego Maradona is the GOAT. If you're talking about the sport of being a good person, we're not talking about Diego Maradona. We're probably talking about Nick and Brandon. There you Um, go. (laughs) We're the GOATs. There you go. Um, So it's it's just super complicated, and I don't think it's something that you can really have a right or wrong answer on. Yeah, I I, I think you're rationale and explanation is the right answer like i think that's perfectly fine like why can't that be the case like i I love chris brown's music right like but you love chris brown chris brown's music because not because you love supporting chris brown and you're like man i really hope chris brown llc is really successful this year you like it because when you listen to a song that just happens to be by chris brown you feel good right and it does something for you and a friend of mine, when, when Louis C.K. got uh, canceled, basically, a, f- a friend said to me, it's okay because when Louis C.K. told a joke that you found funny, it stopped being his joke, and then it became your joke. Now, obviously, you don't want to copy, you don't want to plagiarize Louis C.K. and go do it in your own stand-up set, but what he means is that joke then becomes something that you find funny because of your own experiences and your own intent, not just because it was Louis C.K.'s joke. So when Maradona scores that goal, it becomes a moment that your dad will never forget. It's so emotional to him because of the experience that he had, not because he's invested in, uh, in Maradona as just like this, this all encompassing thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes total sense, dude. And I think that's uh that's a good way to wrap this up. That's a perfect explanation. I, I think. I, I feel that I just have to ask you that. I was just curious because I know how I stand on that and I'm always fascinated by people's responses to it. Cause I've gotten some other ones where it's like, No, you can't be a fan of his. Like at all. I was like, At all? I can't I can't listen to to like some song I could dedicate to future plus one. Like he has some bangers. Like why can't why can't I do that? You know? So listen, every yeah, everyone is uh, to each their own, as I like to say. But, Brandon, this was fun, man. I appreciate you so much for coming on. Um, always, I mean, I could go on for hours with this one, but I, I don't want to keep you much more, and I think we covered a lot of bases. Thanks for having uh, me on, Nick. This is a, a lot of fun. Great discussion. Yeah, for sure, dude. Give the people uh, where they can find you. Tell them about always cheating, what you guys got cooking up. The floor is yours. Yeah, Always Cheating is the podcast that I co-host with my friend and colleague, Josh Landon. And if you're a fan of the Premier League, highly encourage you to check out Always Cheating. It's a fantasy podcast. So if you play fantasy sports and you're looking to get into soccer, 
Fantasy Premier League is a free, easy game to play. And our podcast, Always Cheating, will take you through all the fantasy news week on week. So go to alwayscheating.com. Check us out on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, as in Hello Cheaters, Hail Cheaters. And yeah, look forward to, to chatting with you. Homie, go finish your mail. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let it drop on me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you make decisions for your company. You always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.